Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. All right, in the Old Testament, the book of Esther. We've been looking at uh, different character studies, and this is more than likely someone's favorite uh, character tonight. And uh, most ladies like the book of Esther. I know Sight and Sound showed Esther uh, for a while. How many of you went to that and saw that? It was outstanding and uh, was a, quite an encouragement and blessing to me. It seems like you see it one time and you don't mind if you got a second, third chance even, and you get something out of it every time you went there. But uh, if it weren't for the cost and, and then uh, my size family, that's, that's quite the deal there. But it's worth it every time we go. And I like the almonds as well. <laughs> so, all right, those of you who have been there know what I'm talking about. But uh, the book of Esther chapter 4, Esther chapter 4, you know, it's been said that history repeats itself. And I don't know if you're thinking about that in the days we're in, but I want to share with you some things tonight I believe uh, will tie in to the times that we uh, find ourselves in as well. And, you know, uh, Times change and, and seasons change, but God stays the same. And the Word of God remains the same as well. And I'm thankful that the Word of God is relevant. And I hope you think about that. And we would do well to think of that often because it's relevant even though the things that are occurring in our day are a little bit different than what we would say back in the day of, of Esther. There are some similarities, and we'll see that tonight. Esther chapter 4, verse 13. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. Esther 4.13. Now I'm in verse 14. For if thou wilt altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise. And so will I go into the king, which is not, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. Did you notice something that Esther didn't ask the people to do something that she was not willing to do herself? Fasted three days. Now this, this is something to keep in mind. This is fasting three days for the salvation of people who did not know Christ. Let's just stop right there. I know we just started. Let's just stop right here for a second and think, are you and I willing to fast three days for people who are not saved? You know, that oftentimes when the needs come to our life, that's when we fast. When there are 
come to our life. But how difficult and how challenging is it to fast for someone we don't know and the salvation of, of lost souls? You know, God's Word goes to great length to show us the faithfulness of um, God's people. And they're not just prophets and not just preachers in God's Word that are the only ones that are faithful. Uh, this, this is a lady by the name of Esther that very much shows a beautiful illustration of faithfulness to God and to what God has in mind, not knowing the end result like we know the end result of Esther and how greatly she was used of God. She had no idea. You see what she's saying, if I perish, I perish. And for such a time as this, uh, she stepped up. The situation she faced and, and overcame through faith, you know, we as believers very well could encounter as well some, uh, some similar situations in our life. We have no idea. I don't know about you, but... but uh, we, we think we have it all together, but our, our world is crumbling all around us. And um, there's no telling, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ is, is coming back very soon, or we're going to go to see Him very soon. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm believing it more and more each and every day. And wars and rumors of wars, and pestilences, and all these things that the, the Word of God tells us about. And it's not for us to do anything but compel us to go and tell the lost and to take advantage of these days and these times for such a time as this. And Esther was in, in some tough times. Uh, some tough times. Uh, she, but you know what? God uses the ordinary to do the extraordinary. And God uses things that we would never think and He'll use those, those things in our lives as well for willing to see some truths, even from this book of Esther tonight. So first of all, I want you to notice in Esther chapter 3, would you look there with me in Esther chapter 3? We were in Esther chapter 4, but now we could go back one chapter to Esther chapter 3 in verse 8 and 9. Notice how uncertain the future is. It says in, in Esther chapter 3 verse 8, And Haman said unto king Hazarus, There is a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the people, in all the provinces of thy kingdom, and their laws are diverse from all people. Neither keep they the king's law. Therefore it is not for the king's prophet to suffer them. If it please the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed. And I will pay 10,000 talents of silver to the hands of those that have the charge of the business to bring it into the king's treasure. Have you noticed that life doesn't often go as we plan? One person said, if you want to try to plan your future, um, God might just laugh at it. I don't know how true that is, but it was said in a poem by Robert Burns, the best laid plans of mice and men often go array. You know, the certainty seemed to be the case in Esther's life, and the sovereignty of God made sure that this was also the case for Haman. But you know what we find here is you find the Jewish people being very much threatened. And we find that they're, they're looking at a great possibility of destruction and being destroyed. Did Esther flee? No, she didn't. She stayed. She was faithful. I wonder, the reason maybe that she was used to be become a very much a vessel 
and used of God is because she was there. She stayed. You know, Esther didn't abandon. She didn't flee when, when it was, the going got tough. The, you know, the tough get going, right? And anybody can just walk out, anybody can, can leave, but not Esther. Esther didn't. And, you know, Satan will often at- attack and try to harm God's people. And he'll do his best to do that. And, and we, find, we find this, that it was an uncertain future, but I also want you to notice something in verse 11 of chapter 4. There was an unapproachable king. An unapproachable king. So we have an uncertain future that Esther is faced with. And some things that Esther had going against her, really. Uncertain future. And an unapproachable king. Verse 11, it says, All the king's servants... This is chapter 4 and verse 11. And the people of the king's provinces do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come unto the king into the inner court, who is not called, there is one law of his to put him to death, except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter, that he may live. But I have not been called to come in unto the king these thirty days. An unapproachable king... If you're not called, that golden scepter didn't come out, certain death. And that was not a joke. And this is, this is not something that, that, Esther, that the people in, in Esther just thought, oh, that, he's, he's, he's just kind of just saying that. He's not going to really do that. It was not taken lightly in that time, in that day. And it's very important to understand that God is greater than any king or president or anybody in power. And God is the highest power. And so Esther understood that. A great preacher of old, um, Dr. Harold Seidler, Dr. Harold Seidler was known to say this, if God is in it, it will work. I like that. If God is in it, it will work. You know who Esther had? Esther had God. You know who you and I have? We have God. And so the thing of it is that the story of Esther, it's been noted many times that God appears nowhere in the book but he's actually everywhere in the book. Not, not it, now, you won't, you won't see his name, but you see Esther had, had, had him as a god. Matter of fact, Mordecai was, was used in a great way, and, and Mordecai was confident that God was going to preserve his people. So Esther was confident of her god. Mordecai is confident of his god. It's the same god. And so, you know, somehow, in, look at verse 14, in chapter 4, verse 14, for if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? I want to tell you this evening, you know, the easiest thing to do is, is point out the need to someone else. But Esther and Mordecai, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> Pardon me. They had a testimony. Wow. Um, they had a testimony of their God. I'm sorry, I don't know what happened. <laughs> it's never happened to me before, so what's new? <laughs> it's your eyes something new. Interesting enough, this is the point I'm going to make to you. That Esther and Mordecai, Esther cared enough to speak, as I can't speak <laughs> Esther cared enough to speak. Esther 8.3 
Esther chapter 8, verse 3. So Esther had some things going against her, but Esther had some things actually going for her. And enough so that uh, she would speak. You know, it's been said that silence is golden. Silence is golden. It can be golden or it can be cowardice. Mordecai, what does he do? He urged Esther not to hold her peace in crisis. He challenged Esther to actually step up for such a time as this, right? And that's really the theme of the book. And Esther, in, eight, in chapter 8, verse 3, she does. And Esther spake again, yet again, before the king, and notice, fell down at his feet, and besought him with tears to put away the mischief of Haman and his device that he had devised against the Jews. This is a, a lady that is doing something for the cause of God. I'm just going to say something. Men, sometimes men aren't willing to step up, so a lady does step up. MacArthur said that when women stand up and, and, and step in place, it's, become men, it's because men are weak. Esther cared enough to speak. Notice, though, she didn't just take it lightly. She fell down on his feet, and she besought him with tears to put away the mischief. She is going on behalf of the people. And she is pleading with the king to save the lives of the people that she loves and cares about. But that wasn't enough just to speak. Notice verse 16 of chapter 4. Chapter 4, verse 16. This is where most of it stops for us. Most of us don't take it to this degree. Now I'm going to give you a challenge with this just a second here. But in Esther chapter 4, verse 16, it says this. That she fasted and she asked others to fast. They fasted and prayed for three days. You know what Esther knew? Esther knew that spiritual preparation had to be made first. That God's Word, there's certain things that only really come by fasting and prayer. Esther, along with her maidens and along with the Jewish people, what were they doing? They were fasting and praying for three days. What a testimony. What a testimony. So what did, what did Esther have going against her? Well, unapproachable king. Well, uncertain future. What did she have going for her? She had going for her. She had God, same God that Mordecai had, same God Esther had. She cared enough to speak. She cared enough to fast and pray. And so the testimony then comes into play that God works. And it's evident that, that the, God worked in His sovereignty and He turned the heart of the king. But it's because of these things that people were willing to do. First, they put God first. And so, ultimately, Haman, who sought to be destroyer, what, what happened? He became destroyed. He ultimately was hanged. He was hanged on the same them gallows that, that he had made to, to, to hang others. And so, 
It's a, a matter that the testimony is triumphant. Winston Churchill, he, he um, became Prime Minister of England at the age of 66 after a lifetime of overcoming defeats and setbacks. But when he died nearly 25 years later, millions of people around the world mourned his passing. What kind of testimony did Esther have? What kind of testimony did Mordecai have? What kind of testimony did the people have? They had a testimony of fasting, praying, seeking God, begging God, even though everything, all odds were against them. Esther, chapter 7, verse 10 says, Haman was on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. And Esther really was asking the king to reverse the letters, and, and Esther, God moved the king to tell Esther in verse 7 of chapter 8, verse 7 of, of chapter 8, says this, The king Azariah said unto Esther the queen and to Mordecai the Jew, Behold, I have given Esther the house of Haman, and him they have hanged upon the gallows, because he laid his hand upon the Jews. Esther, the house of Haman, and Haman was hanged. What about Mordecai? What kind of testimony did he have? This testimony only came, and the blessing came out of the testimony because of the spiritual preparation beforehand and what had taken place. Mordecai. Mordecai, you know, it's not unusual for people to do right and think that it's all for naught, but Mordecai, he had saved the king's life. And the king had appeared to have totally forgotten about it. But God in His time honored Mordecai. Chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Kind of bouncing around and just looking at the book of Esther tonight. On that night could not the king sleep, and he commanded to bring the book of records of their chronicles, and they were read before the king. And it was found written that Mordecai had told Vigna and Teresh, two of the king's chamberlains, the keepers of the door, who sought to lay hand on the king Azarus. And the king said, what honor and dignity have been done to Mordecai for this? Then said the king's servants that ministered to him, there is nothing done for him. Mordecai, you think, left high and dry for, for what he did to take a stand and to encourage Esther such a time as this and to fast and pray and to be a part of what was going on here. Mordecai had just as much a role and a, and a part in this as the, and the Jews getting saved and God doing a work but what did God do? Well, let's go to the final chapter. The final chapter of Esther. Chapter 10. What is the whole final chapter about? It's only three verses. But chapter 10, it's, it's about Mordecai. The greatness of Mordecai. And the Bible says the king advanced Mordecai and allowed him to have more power and might. And the final verse, really, the book reveals that Mordecai was made the second most powerful man in the kingdom, where he was allowed to watch for his people. Notice verse 3, it says in chapter 10, For Mordecai the Jew was next unto king, Azarias, and great among the Jews, and accepted the multitude of his brethren, seeking the wealth of his people, and speaking peace to all his seed. Who are we missing out on as far as a testimony? We have Esther, we have Mordecai, but what about the people? What about the people? Chapter 8, verse 16 and 17. Chapter 8, verse 16 and 17. The Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor, and in every province and in every city, whithersoever the king's commandment and his decree came, 
the Jews had joy and gladness, a feast and a good day. And many of the people of the land became Jews. Huh. Many of the people of the land became Jews, for fear of the Jews fell upon them. Why is all this happening? Why is the blessing coming, out, coming down? And why is this testimony taking place? And people are actually being converted to Judaism. And why are they, why are they seeing the good hand of God and being shown to Esther and to Mordecai and to the believers? And Well, here's the challenge. Here's the challenge. That people would see God working in us and through us it's because they realized they had to stay true to serving God during the hard times. Woman of God, she endured tough times. Esther, she's a woman of God. You know, endured tough times while never failing and staying in a gracious attitude and her personal life and the way that she, she went and bowed before the king and, and, and showed love to her God and and followed the instructions of Mordecai even, and stayed faithful and showed love to, to, to God throughout all the challenges and, and struggle of wondering what was going to happen. But she stayed faithful, and her testimony is triumphant, and Mordecai's testimony is triumphant, and the people, the Jews, is, is triumphant. But it didn't look very promising at the beginning, did it? it no way. And, and how did it happen? Because they put to practice the things that mattered most. You know, when you're going through trial and you're going through struggle, you're going through difficulty and trouble comes to your life, all of a sudden, is that when we fast and pray? I want to ask you tonight, are you willing to fast and pray for someone else? Have you fasted? Have you prayed? Here's, here's where it comes down to the road, meeting the road. Have you fasted and prayed for this church? Have you fasted and prayed for the next pastor? Oh, I'm praying. I'm praying. That's great. I think we need to get a little more serious. I think we need to maybe have it come a little bit closer to our, our own home and maybe our own life and get a little more personal. Because it's awful easy to see a triumphant testimony, but it doesn't just come. It doesn't just happen. And I'm speaking to myself as well. Because here's the temptation. Wednesday night, I'm thankful you're here. I'm thankful that you, you've come to a prayer meeting. And I, and I believe that you're praying throughout the week. What if we dig deeper? What if we pray harder? What if we, what if we go, go stronger and, and we, put a, we put a fight against the devil in such a way that we stick it to him. Because our prayers are being lifted to God. And we start getting real serious. I don't know about you, but it's been a long time. How much longer are we going to go? Maybe God's people the best position we can find ourselves in is on our knees. Maybe the best position we can find ourselves in is saying, you know what, I'm going to give up something. You know, I'm going to sacrifice for the greater good. You know, for such a time as this, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do something that I can do on my own. I don't know what that is. You're going to have to determine that between you and God. But I know this, that I myself don't want to be a castaway and say something to you and encourage you to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. 
And so this is how God spoke to me at, through, with Esther. And she was willing to fast and pray and ask others to fast and pray on behalf of people that she cared and loved about and loved and loved. And even people that were not saved, even people that had not been converted, even that were not believers. I think as believers, the least that we can do then is fast and pray for other believers. And then even another step would be to fast and pray for those who are unbelievers. I don't know about you, maybe I'm the only one that God needs to speak this to, but I don't believe that. I think this is something that we can all look at, and I know it's a little bit different spin on the book of Esther, but it's there on purpose for us to see that this didn't just happen. This came as a direct result of them truly bowing down, getting serious, becoming real, with more than just lip service, but their life became action. And then it's no wonder people were saved and people wanted to be converted and they saw something they wanted and they, they wanted it because they, they realized there was something to it. There was substance. There was genuineness. There was, there, were, there was something that, man, God did a mighty work and we never imagined it to be this way. And to see those same gallows that they thought they were going to be hung on and now Haman was hanging from them. The one who was, was going after them. And so... I was touched, yes, by sight and sound and the story of Esther through all that and the, the, the role play of it. But you know what we need to be touched by? We need to be touched by the Word of God in such a way that, it, that when we read it and when we see something as simple as this, that we do something with it. I don't know if it's a day. I, I'm not saying it has to be three days like, like it was for Esther, but maybe that's what God wants. You're going to have to determine that between you and God. But I would say this. Let's do something. Let's do something. More than just, oh, no meals. Am I going to miss out on? No. We're going to miss out on something when we're willing to say, ah, oh, that's for somebody else. It's for each one of us. And I don't know, maybe it's something that, that you can pray about and ask the Lord to help you determine when, how, how long, all this. Everybody's got different situations, different health, different, different scenarios, but something starts to happen when you're really praying and when you're really fasting. And the least it'll do, change you, change me. And that's not a bad thing, that's a good thing. Here's what, here's what it is. You don't know what it's like until you do it. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's because you haven't done it. I'm just putting it out there. And uh, prayerfully, we'll do something with it. If you've, if you've done it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've experienced it, and, when, and it can be experienced again. Because the same God of Esther is the same God of you and I. Praise God for that. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you'll help us tonight to be challenged. We have enough to pray for. It's not that we don't know what to pray for or are not sure. There's plenty to pray for, and Lord, I pray that we'll do our part. May we pray for each other. May we pray for those who are lost. May we pray for our country. May we pray for, for salvation, Lord, to take place in the lives of people that we don't even know their name. May we pray for our heart to be stirred.
May something be done, Lord, tonight as a direct result of, of even what we've seen. May I do a stirring in our own being, in our own heart, I pray, in mine. May it start in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.